It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder trying to get him out of the space. Slopes a tackle, and there he goes. Crowder, it's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Takes a shot. Here's Corey Davis, wide open. Davis. Still going, and he's in for the touchdown. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know that's the q Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it's time to recap day number three of New York Jets training camp. Normally, the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com, and above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley would be with me, but Chris was not feeling very well today. He texted me and said, I don't think I can do the show. I'm about to pass out and sleep for 18 hours, but he did have copious notes, so he sent them to me with his own words, breakdown, recap, everything, So we're going to go through Chris's notes and we're going to talk about what it means going forward and what's been going on generally in these practices, especially today. We're going to focus on what happened with Zach Wilson in his first day of practice, a very important day for the Jets. And so to do that, our buddy Luke Grant, who is, of course, our film analyst over at PlayLikeAJet.com and the co-host of Play Like a Jet Live with Clayton Smarslock on U Stadium. Luke, thanks so much for hopping on with me. Looking forward to going through Chris's notes and recapping everything that went down on day number three. It was a big shoes to fill for me. That's the first thing. So I'll, I'll see what I can do. But look, this was a huge day for the Jets and for Jets fans, getting Zach in the building his first time on the field. So uh, let's jump into camp. We should note that while Luke is not a very big deal like Chris, he has seen kangaroos up close. So that's about as good as you're going to get as far as not being a very big deal. That at least elevates you to mildly or somewhat big deal. So good to have Luke on to talk about this. And the first thing that Chris made a point of telling me and sending me notes about was that Zach Wilson on the first throw went deep on a play-action pass, 40-yard bomb, The defender was draped all over Elijah Moore, was practically tackling him, and Moore still made the play. And right then and there, you could see the difference between Zach Wilson and the two other quarterbacks that Chris had been watching the previous two days, Mike White and James Morgan. So we know that Morgan and White are really not NFL caliber quarterbacks. And while Wilson is obviously going to have his ups and downs in training camp, which we will get to in a bit because he did have ups and downs today, That was the type of play that you're just not going to see out of James Morgan or out of Mike White. Yeah, we had Andy Vasquez on our show, Play Like a Jet Live, uh, after day one of camp, and he just talked about how many checkdowns there were in the Jets' offense, and it was difficult to get a gauge of how the wide receivers and the corners were playing because of the limitations the quarterback room was giving them. Having Zach Wilson, this was LaFleur taking a statement shot. This was him saying, Zach Wilson's here. He'd probably drawn up that play for the last five days while he's been waiting for Zach to, uh, to sign his contract. And it's great to see him and Elijah connect over the middle on a deep ball. Um, sounded like it was a really, a really good throw. And he really threw him open because as you mentioned, 
Uh, he was he was draped with a deceiver, a defender over him. So that's going to be a connection that's going to have to be the lifeblood of this Jets offense for the next five to ten years, and was a great way to start practice. So it's really good to see that. I expected the ups and downs that follows, but a really strong starting point for Zach and uh, also for Elijah. Here's the quote from Wilson about the pass. Even that one, it wasn't the greatest ball. I could have put it out there more to the left and let him run to it. But just the look, it's one of those situations. We took a shot down the field, big play action pass, and Elijah did a great job coming up with the catch. So even then, a lot of learning comes out of just that play, being able to get it out sooner, and the depth perception. You start to pick up all these little things just in one little play like that that you can apply later on. Every play has growth, and that was one of them. But as Chris notes, after that, things took a bit of a turn for the worse. He looked indecisive. And even when he decided to throw, he didn't seem to know where he wanted to go with the ball on one play in goal line drills. Wilson had his choice of an open receiver at both the back and front pylon, ultimately split the difference, rifled the pass in between both that neither one of them could catch in a couple plays later. He scanned the field and ended up throwing a pass directly into Marcus May's hands. So, Luke, like I said, there's going to be ups and downs. And so we saw some of the good of Zach Wilson early on with that 40-yard pass, the bomb to Elijah Moore. And then it became a bit of a problem later on. He had his issues in 11-on-11s and in 7-on-7s. The Marcus May play is one example. Javelin Guidry made a really nice play in there as well, forcing a bad pass to Jamison Crowder. Bryce Hall had good coverage on Keelan Cole, and so he forced the jump ball that Cole wasn't able to come down with. So in a way, even though this wasn't exactly ideal for the Jets, as far as Zach Wilson goes, it was nice to hear that Bryce Hall and Javelin Guidry had some good plays here. But ultimately, Wilson, very much a mixed bag. There was probably more bad than good here. He did have a nice touchdown to Corey Davis, who made a difference in the red zone, and that's something we're going to be looking for him to do all year this year, using his size and giving Zach Wilson a nice red zone weapon. He beat Bless Austin for a touchdown. So the good here, Bryce Hall made some nice plays. Javelin Gidry made some nice plays. We saw a little bit from Corey Davis, certainly something from Elijah Moore. And we did see the best of Zach Wilson with that play action pass 40 yards down the field to Elijah Moore for a big play. But as Chris notes, he was indecisive, wasn't sure what to do. On that one play, he had two open receivers and decided to throw it in between both of them for an incompletion. And then, of course, the play with Marcus May where he threw it right into his hands. These are things that as camp progresses, he's going to become more comfortable and be better at. This was just him shaking off the rust of not having been on the field for a little bit since OTAs and minicamp ended. Yeah, I think it's it's not just that Zach Wilson missed two days of practice to start training camp. There's that three-week hiatus between OTAs and minicamp and then to training camp. So realistically, it's been about three and a half, four weeks since Zach Wilson's thrown in live seven-on-seven drills. So I expected those ups and downs. He's a rookie quarterback, but really, as you, you mentioned, it's knocking off the rust. And although the narrative of the offseason is going to revolve around Zach Wilson, I think it's great that, as you mentioned, Bryce Hall was really good back in practice today. Yesterday, it was Brandon Eccles. There was some Javelin Guidry today. If those young secondary pieces can challenge the receiving group, which I think is pretty good considering what we've had here the last few years, that's a huge win for us. So it's easy to look at it through the offensive lens and the Zach Wilson lens because we're so you know, fixated on him. But I think holistically, it's good to see the defense do well because they've kind of struggled the first couple of days of camp. 
no question about it. But any positives you hear from the secondary is something that you should really be excited about because that's one of the units that I am the most worried about, specifically a cornerback. So if they were winning some battles today, it doesn't prove anything, but it's at least a nice start and something that's encouraging. Talk a little bit more about what went on with the defense who have been having their way more so than the offense. The first-team offense did not look good today. Carl Lawson, a big part of the reason why the defense dominated yesterday. He had three would-be sacks. Today, he had a sack and a pressure. Got around Mekhi Becton twice. And one thing, Luke, that we knew Mekhi Becton was going to have to work at was dealing with superior technique because he was very raw coming into the NFL and just getting by on his size and his speed and his strength and agility, that was something that he was going to be able to do. I thought Joe Blewett said it best. If he could even get to average technique, he would be a pro bowler. And I think that he did get to about average technique last year. So he played, as far as I'm concerned, at a pro bowl type level when he was healthy. But there's still going to be instances where he struggles because he's going to be dealing with technique issues on the other end of things that he's never seen before, Lawson, as we know, is a superior technician. That's his best attribute. He's excellent when it comes to just finding different ways to win with his hands and different moves. And so that's what he did against Makai Becton. I wouldn't be too worried about it with Becton because in a way, iron sharpens iron. And seeing this with Carl Lawson in training camp in the long run is only going to make him better. But what this does show you is that we're finally seeing an edge rusher who could make a real difference once the regular season starts. We haven't heard stuff like this about anybody playing that position in training camp in a long time, and it's early. They're not even doing fully padded practices yet. We'll stipulate to that right off the bat. But Carl Lawson being able to do this early and give us a glimpse into the type of impact that he could provide for this defense in 2021 is a lot of fun to hear about. It's going to be a marquee matchup throughout the whole of training camp. For those who don't know, Carl Lawson, I'd say 90% of the time this year is going to line up at the right defensive end spot. So he's playing over the left tackle. And those two guys are just going to go head to head every single day throughout the entire four weeks of training camp. I can't wait to see the results. As you mentioned, though, Scott, Carl Lawson sounded like he was terrific again, back-to-back really effective days as a pass rusher. And because they're not in pads, I think it stresses that technique side. He has to move his feet better now, speaking about Mackay Becton, and use his technique. So it's really emphasized because, as you kind of prefaced with what Joe said, he's so used to punching the guy in the mouth, so to speak, using that length and power, and sometimes his technique is a a little lacking, but he can get away with it because of that. But there's nowhere to hide when the pads are off and you're in half shells, and that's why Lawson just dictated today. And I can't wait to see him play here. There's a lot of Kevin Green, the old Jets offensive lineman, the late Kevin Green. He modeled his game around him. So if he can be three-quarters of the player that Kevin Green was, it's going to be incredible. And I think this is the year that Carl Lawson puts the sack numbers together. People are so worried about the sacks and the lack of production, but he's been so great from a precious perspective. And I think with Quinnen on the inside and Foley Fatukasi who flashed today, man, he's going to have a big year this year. Kevin Green, one of the best pure pass rushers I've ever seen. So if Lawson could be even a fraction as effective as Kevin Green was, that would be enormous for the New York Jets. Denzel Mims was playing with the third team today. A lot of people concerned about that. 
and I get it, and it's not ideal. However, you have to remember, really, this is his first training camp because he didn't participate in training camp last year. He was injured, and then he missed a good portion of the season. He even missed a good portion of OTAs and minicamp, so he's really playing catch-up. If he's still with the third team, as we get deep into training camp, it might be something to worry about. But you have Cole, you have Crowder, you have Davis. These are guys that are all well ahead of him in terms of understanding what to do on the football field as a receiver. So as of now, it shouldn't be that surprising and it shouldn't be cause for concern. If we're still talking about this in a couple of weeks, then we might have to revisit this conversation. I'm just not worried about it. And maybe that stubbornness, maybe it's blind ignorance, but I saw what Denzel Mims put on the field last year with his 15.5 yards per catch and his ability to just get open, even though Sam Donald and Adam Gase weren't using him as the primary focus like they should have. He should have been the focal point of the Jets offense the whole of the back half of the year. Look at some of those catches he had against the Chargers uh, on the boundary, one-on-one. He had one against the Chiefs, against the Patriots over the middle. He nearly broke a slant and went to the house. There's so much to love about this kid's game. He was a top 30 player for me in the draft. So... Look, am I a little surprised and concerned he's with the threes? Sure. It, it makes you raise your eyes a little bit and go, okay, that's something to note. But, you know, I think this is a checkpoint thing for the Jets. They want to build some confidence for him, have him passing receivers on the depth chart. I know coaches like to do that a lot. So they need to get some some confidence and momentum into Denzel Mims offseason and preseason and get rolling. Because, look, I think realistically he's one of the most three talented receivers on this team. And I don't think it's really close. I have a lot of faith in Denzel Mims, and while it's something to keep an eye on, I bet a lot of money that once we get to the second preseason game and we're taking on the Packers, he's going to be with the first team playing a lot of snaps, and he's going to be really effective for Zach in the offense. Speaking of players that are going to be effective for Zach Wilson in the offense, that left side of the line, you heard Chris talk yesterday about how effective they were as run blockers. They did it again today. Tevin Coleman had a big run behind Becton and Elijah Vera Tucker. Get ready to see a lot of that when the regular season starts. And then on top of that, LaMichael P. Ryan had a nice day. Michael Carter got in the mix too. So it looks like these running backs are all going to get an opportunity to do something. I've said before that LaMichael P. Ryan's roster spot is on the line here because Tevin Coleman is somebody who's a veteran, who's proven, and has experience in the system. So he's got a bit of a leg up. Obviously, Michael Carter, just by the nature of the fact that he was picked in the fourth round, he's not going anywhere. You've got Ty Johnson and Josh Adams who were brought back. Both of them look pretty good in the limited opportunities that they were given last year. So it's a crowded backfield. Nobody there stands out as an alpha, but it's a crowded backfield. And Michael P. Ryan has no ties to the current coaching staff. I know Joe Douglas drafted him, but he's really going to have to earn his spot with a strong training camp. And he's begun attempting to do that. A strong practice for P. Ryan today. If he keeps this up, he just might be able to make that 53-man roster when all is said and done. To your first point, Scott, I think that left side of the line is going to be just incredible to watch. Practice started today with two of the first three players going for six-plus yard runs. As you mentioned, one to Coleman and one to Michael Carter. But speaking but speaking specifically about uh, LaMichael Pirine, I was with you. We both weren't huge on him coming out of Florida. Uh, we thought he lacked a little bit of burst and acceleration. And I'm a little bit wary because the pads aren't on yet. And we saw this from like LaMichael Pirine last year. People were so excited in the green and white scrimmage. The offense was abysmal and everyone remembers that practice. But LaMichael Pirine shone and he had a long run and did so many things really well. 
But then he had a little ankle injury. And as the season got rolling, he just didn't show me a lot. There just wasn't a lot of explosive playmaking ability. So for me, I want to see this when the pads come on and then more specifically when the lights come on and they start playing in game action because I haven't seen it yet from him. I think he is at best right now the fourth best running back on the roster. So look, I'm happy to eat Crow. And if he's a, a good running back for us and is effective, and that's going to be a huge win. So I'm happy to be wrong there and to wear that, but I need to see a little more from him before I accept that, that that's how uh, it's playing out. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Jets did make a move today, Luke. They signed kicker Matt Amendola and got rid of Sam Ficken. Ficken, another terrible practice. He had struggled all three days of practice, and so that's the end of Sam Ficken here. I hate to say it, but I wouldn't be shocked if he gets brought back at some point in training camp just because with these kickers, they get rid of them, they bring them back, they get rid of them, they bring them back. But we know he's not the answer. Chris Nagar, a little bit better than Ficken, but he's generally struggled as well so far. I don't know much about Amendola. I was telling you before we started recording, Ryan Suckup and Jose Borregales are both doing really well in Tampa. So I'm kind of at the point where whichever one of them doesn't win the Tampa job, I'm hoping the Jets swoop in and grab him. Maybe this Amendola kid will be something. He can't be much worse than Ficken or Nagar. So we'll see. But Sam Ficken, for now at least, is out the door. Yeah, thank goodness my mental health. There'll be no more uh, kicking for Sammy Ficken, so that's the good news there. Um, look, as far as, as Matt Amendola, I know he was out of Oklahoma State. I, I looked him up a little bit, and he made, I think, touching 78% of field goals coming out of the Cowboys there uh, and was 98% on his uh, point afters. So, look, there's a bit of talent there, and sometimes you see these guys that weren't drafted, and they end up being really good kickers in the NFL. It's so hard to gauge it's such a pressure-filled position and so much of it, it's kind of like golf is that mental aspect of the game. So, um, look, fingers crossed he can be great because I don't think we've seen a lot of stuff positive out of Chris Nagar either. So if we can get him to come in. But as you mentioned, Scott, I think it's going to come down to the Tampa Bay kicking contest. If we can have one of those guys shake loose and be the one to secure them, that would be a huge win. So, look, a lot of options for us. Hopefully Amendola pans out well. But at the moment, I think it's a bit of a dart throw. No more Sam Ficken. I think that's a positive move. Just a uh, an addition by subtraction. So we're going to see how it all shakes out right now. Who knows who the kicker will be come opening day. After practice, Zach Wilson, Elijah Moore, and Robert Salas spoke. Zach Wilson said he needs to learn. That's what practice is for. Every day is going to be something frustrating. That's why I'm out here. I'm just trying to learn each day, just knowing my play is better and the different looks our defense is throwing at us. It's going to be a process. He said of the throw to Marcus May, it was a great learning experience, just like I said with the other ones. It was one that I felt my initial reaction. The linebacker didn't push all the way through. I was glancing across the middle. The receiver was doing his job. He's running his route. I tried to throw it sooner than I was supposed to, and there's a lot of bodies over there. I shouldn't have even thrown the ball. It's a learning experience. And then Robert Salas spoke about 
what his expectations are for Zach Wilson and him potentially being the starter. Call it the inside lane, Salah said. It's his to lose. I never want to make a promise that I can't keep. He took all the first team reps. It's just a matter of him continuing to get better like we know he will. Salah was asked about how well Lawson has played against Becton early on. Salah remarked he does that to everybody Should also say that when Zach Wilson was talking He said you can't buy a Super Bowl You have to work for it That was in reference to what he wants to buy with his signing bonus As he said he can't buy a Super Bowl trophy So maybe he can go out and buy a new Lamborghini or something I don't know, whatever his preference is As far as a car Elijah Moore was asked about the rave reviews that he's been getting early on Corey Davis said yesterday that Moore carries himself like a veteran And we've already seen him shine in just about every single practice Moore said he sets high expectations for himself and strives to live up to them And that's why he's able to perform the way he does And carry himself the way that he does in the locker room So this is another situation where Elijah Moore is not going to give you a ton He's going to let his play on the field do the talking for the most part And he did that again today So Luke, we got a little from Zach Wilson Insight into his thought process He realizes it's going to be a learning experience Robert Sala all but told you that Zach Wilson's going to be the starting quarterback But then again, we knew that because Sala said yesterday That they don't plan to add a veteran And nobody in their right mind thinks that James Morgan or Mike White Has any realistic chance To be the starting quarterback on this team And then Salah of course remarking On the prize free agent signing Carl Lawson and the impact That he's been making so far early on In training camp He has beaten Becton but as Salah noted He does that to everybody and they're hoping That he does that to everybody Once the regular season starts Yeah I mean if Robert Salah isn't happy To guarantee the fan base that Zach Wilson's Starting I'm happy to wear that for him because (laughs) Zach Wilson is definitely going to be There week one Uh, What I enjoy listening to these press conferences from the new regime and particularly Zach Wilson and Robert Sala are just how open they are. The other day when Sala was talking about timetables for injury, he was really specific and gave you lots of information. And then on Zach Wilson, he'll talk you through plays and what he was seeing on the field. And that's really good insight for the fan base, for the media, and something we haven't necessarily got a lot of from old regimes here in New York. So I really like the insight. Um, Zach Wilson has really high expectations of himself. Uh, He talks all the time about how every play is a learning experience. And that goes hand in hand with him being a film rat and how much he puts into watching film and practices. And look, the next couple of weeks, you're going to see such a vast improvement for him. I thought there were a couple of really nice nuggets from the Jets and looking forward to what we can hear from them tomorrow when fans are allowed into Florham Park. It's going to be a lot of fun for the players tomorrow because for the first time since before the pandemic, There will be fans at practice as you just noted Luke So I'm looking forward to hearing all about that And you'll hear all about it tomorrow on our next training camp report Thank you so much for listening to this one Luke I appreciate you joining me as well If you haven't checked out Luke's videos over on the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel Go ahead and check out the film reviews He also has a reaction video that came out right after Zach Wilson signed his rookie deal So head over to the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel Watch the videos and if you haven't subscribed yet Please go ahead and do so And please go ahead and give us a 5 star review for the podcast on iTunes If you haven't done that already Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing doesn't take you much time doesn't cost you any money but it goes a long way to help us out so if you go ahead and do that for us we'd be quite grateful for the latest and greatest in new york jets podcasts and content you know where to go it's play like a jet digital and play like a jet.com <laughs>